0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, and can be found on page 735 of your pew Bibles. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about, my, about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. May God bless the reading of his word. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. May the Lord bless every mom amongst us to enjoy a day off today and may all of us young people and and children cherish them. Modern-day parenting is all-consuming. We all need a day off. We worry from the day we bring the babies home to throughout the rest of their lives. And it seems endless, but we as parents want what is better. Uh, As I was inquiring of the Lord, what is on his heart for us today, I was impressed to speak on this vignette between Jesus, Martha, and Mary in Luke chapter 10. Don't we live in such a Martha world, a fast-paced life, with so much to do and so little time, resulting in great frustration and anxiety? We spread ourselves thin and rush through life demands without having time to really enjoy them. With many good things on our plates, we get distracted from the better thing. Sadly, like Martha, we end up overwhelmed and even judgmental. Before we enter into this story, Jesus had been traveling here and there, doing public ministry and uh, helping people with desperate needs. Desperate needs like healing the sick, casting out demons, forgiving sins, and mostly teaching his disciples. This story is yet another teachable moment for them. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. We don't know if this meeting was the very first time they met or if it was the hundredth time. We don't know if Martha invites Jesus or Jesus invited himself. Regardless, she welcomes Jesus and his hungry, tired companions into her home. It was no small task, and she understood that whole checklist, to prepare a meal, to set the table, to provide comfortable place to rest. And today, when we have unexpected guests arrive at our homes, Uh, we get some help from Chinese takeout and Costco. Uh, But at that time Martha had a superwoman job and she thought no worries I have my sister Mary to help me. We can see a few observations uh, in the characters in this passage. Uh, First the relationships that Jesus kept about Jesus. First Jesus really needed friends. Not groupies or people who want to get something from him, but real friends to simply love and care for him. Ministers and leaders need to have personal friends. While they care for so many others, who will care for them? Who will provide them a safe place to go? Who will accept their quirks and their failures with no agenda and no judgment? Jesus becomes close to Martha's family. If Jesus lived amongst us today, would Jesus go to your home or my home? Would he count us as his friend? Can you nurture and refresh a worn out pastor or hurting leader? Because really those behind the scene friends bring out what is better in visible leaders to be great. Secondly, Jesus includes sister friends in his life. Uh, do you ever notice how the boys and the girls, they sit separately from each other? Uh, it doesn't end in junior high. When they are in college, they sit apart. And 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 young adults, they sit apart. And uh, older adults, they sit apart. And what is a sister friend? A sister friend is not a girlfriend of romantic interest. She is like a little sister that a guy treats with absolute purity. In First Timothy 5.2, it teaches that ladies should treat men like brothers, and men should treat a younger woman like a sister with absolute purity. But through our 21st century eyes, we have these weird BGRs that need DTRs constantly. The boy girl relationships that need defining the relationship. Uh, if anyone pays more attention to you, you wonder automatically, does he like me? Does she like me? Throughout twenty first century lenses, people may wonder today, what's going on with Jesus and these ladies? Uh, is there a love triangle? Is Martha jealous that Jesus is paying more attention to his younger sister? Is Mary having a crush on Jesus at his feet? Not at all. Jesus purely loved them as sister friends, perhaps like the sisters that he never had at birth, as far as we know. And God intends men and women of faith to radically love each other, embrace each other with purity, Treating each other with integrity, respect, holiness, and propriety. Now third, Jesus uh, teaches women also as disciples. He includes them into his pool of disciples. This is another radical concept in their time and culture because men and women are not supposed to cross the boundaries, not even for holy pursuits. Genders are divided everywhere, and that includes in public places, in places of worship, and even in the home. Now the public living room was was strictly a male space. His man cave was his male space. And the kitchen was strictly a female space. Uh, but now Jesus here redefines the traditional gender boundaries in Israel and allows Mary to cross over this invisible boundary in order to advance the gospel. Jesus eliminates the limitation and brings salvation opportunity to all people. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, from Galatians 3.23. So according to uh, scholars like N.T. Wright, The real underlying issue Martha takes with Mary is a gender one. Martha is actually concerned that Mary is behaving inappropriately as if she were a man, as if she were one of the male disciples. She is concerned that Mary is inappropriate and that Jesus should put her back in her place. To sit at someone's feet actually is a very close relationship. It means to study or learn under that person. To sit at someone's feet is actually a male privilege of that time. We see in Acts chapter 22 that Saul of Tarsus sat at the feet of his rabbi uh, Gamaliel, listening to him and studying under his discipleship. And Mary now is sitting so closely at Jesus' feet, paying close attention, learning in order that she could teach others and pass on the words that Jesus passes to her. So Jesus affirms Mary and even hopes that Martha would also sit at his feet too. But instead of sitting down, Martha has a meltdown. Martha uh, was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, "'Lord,' Don't you care about my, si- that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now Martha focuses on the work. Mary focuses on the word. Martha is distracted by feeding others and Mary is consumed with being spiritually fed herself. The, the verb distracted is to be pulled away, to be dragged away from what? Pulled away from the priority of learning the word of God. Pulled away by what? Pulled away by meal preparations, by busyness, by doing really good things. Good things that were actually all commended in scripture. Because you see, hospitality is good. A woman who keeps her home is good. Entertaining guests is actually considered good. And we have scriptures to back all of that. But Jesus comes to the home of Mary and Martha to actually teach the truth. He wasn't so concerned about the meal. There are many reasons that can distract us today from sitting down and listening to Jesus. And all these distractions may be actually good ones, uh, such as soccer games to exercise your body, SAT prep classes to help build up your scores, uh, celebrating a friend's birthday at a party, going food shopping to feed your family and friends, having recitals, uh, taking language lessons to be able to speak and share the gospel with many people, paying the bills, studying for finals, catching up on sleep. All these things are actually good. These are all good things that might actually pull us away from the priority of listening to God's word. And it may leave us all Marthas in exhaustion, burnout, and further away from Jesus. So at that moment, Martha asked, Lord, don't you care? Which actually sadly comes across as, Lord, you don't care about me. We have two very different sisters and two very different temperaments. In your own family, you may have noticed that between two siblings can be total opposites, like night and day. Both types can carry the good as well as the potential bad. Different can be good as well as very annoying to each other. We can drive each other nuts and cause great frustrations. And it appears Martha has become overwhelmed with the preparations and underwhelmed with her sister. See, Mary is type A. She's driven, responsible. She's a perfectionist. She's task-oriented, a real tiger woman. And in terms of birth order, she's probably the firstborn. Mary is type B, laid back, reflective, gets there when she gets there. She's event-oriented. She's a real lovely butterfly floating pleasantly through life. And most likely, she is the baby of the family. One is active. The other is contemplative. One is a doer. One is a thinker. One is a leader. The other is a thinker. Uh, the other is a follower. However, without one... Uh, they would have nothing to eat. Without the other, they would not be in worship. So they seem to work very well together to help each other. They are better together. <clears throat> Both Martha and Mary are praiseworthy women, but they also come with their flaws. You see, Mary, Martha seems to get a, um, a bad reputation when we read on the surface of this passage. But I want to affirm to you that she is actually spiritually very deep. Uh, she, they both have faith. They both love the Lord, but they express it very differently. Mary is a model uh, of the contemplative life. She is actually seen as a hero for nuns who who might pray 24/7, who fast, who meditates on Scripture, who loves solitude and enjoys silent retreats. Now, Martha uh, is the model for the active Christian living. She may gravitate towards community service. She fights for social justice. She does missions, outreach, and she feeds the hungry. This Mary and Martha are mentioned only three places in the Bible, and each time we find Mary being Mary and Martha being Martha. Uh, But something very amusing to me, about Mary is this. All three times that Mary was mentioned in the Bible, she was mentioned to be in the same posture, at the feet of Jesus. When Jesus comes for dinner in, in Luke chapter 10, she sits at Jesus' feet. In John 11, when Lazarus dies, she actually falls at Jesus' feet in grief and mourning. When Jesus comes again for dinner in in John chapter 12, it says this, that Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it at Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. I think she really likes his feet. For Mary, it's all about the devotion uh, to be at Jesus' feet. However, for Martha, it's all about serving Jesus with her hands. And Martha is seen kind of like the Proverbs 31 woman that all of us try to be, but feel stressed out trying to be. She works vigorously, with eager hands. She's diligent. She avoids idleness. Um, but one thing is very clear here, that she has spiritual depth. Because she calls Jesus Lord, she declares in John eleven twenty seven, "I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is come into the world." She knows who she's dealing with, and Jesus in return also loved her uh, very much, because he said it, it says in John eleven five. Now Jesus loved Martha, and her sister, and Lazarus. After Jesus raised Lazarus, Martha had another chance to do her Martha thing and serve dinner again. And this time, she had no meltdown and no crisis, and her priorities were straight. And while she was serving the dinner, Lazarus was reclining at the table with Jesus. And and no doubt this is where uh, Mary, her sister, broke the perfume on Jesus' feet um so martha was again the only one serving uh, she may have remembered however then that G- how jesus comforted her in his very loving rebuke and gentle reminder martha martha you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed and indeed or indeed only one mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from away from her. Martha, Martha, you worry about many things, but you have lost sight of one thing that really matters. You are distracted and overwhelmed by doing many good things, really good things, but missing out on what is better. Only one thing is needed. Yes, you are doing good things, but it's messing you up inside out. Martha, Martha, you are restless and without peace. You are frustrated and without joy. You are angry and without love. Don't forget what this is all about. I am here with you. When you're raising a child, you give them what you feel is best. The best preschools, the best high school, the best college, the best sports, the best music teachers, the best extracurricular activities. Their there many activities dominate our family time, money, and energy. So many good things, really good things, but are you better? Every good blessing that God has intended for our immense delight can sap the joy right out of us when it's filled with anxiety and worry. What is better? Bigger, better, more, busier, fuller. So many good things, but are we choosing what is better? It's actually very humbling for Martha to hear what Jesus says here, that you are worried and upset about doing many good things, but it's Mary who has chosen what is better, The one thing that is better. Martha needs to somehow downsize her many things into one thing. She must decrease in order for Jesus to increase in her life. And in Luke chapter 10, we see that that one thing is to sit at Jesus' feet to hear the word of God. Because what we hear from the Lord pours right into everything that we do and we say and all that we are. So we need to get our heart right with God, our priorities straight, our soul aligned with God's agenda for us. Does he really, what does he really want you to accomplish in your life? Martha, does he really want you to be that superwoman in the kitchen? Or does he want you to be his disciple? We first need to have Mary's heart for Jesus. And then... We can have Mary's hand for Jesus to do all the good things. When I searched God's word for the one thing, I discovered that there are one things in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And King David referred to that one thing that he desired, one thing that he wanted from, in Psalm 27, 4, which is to worship the Lord. It says this, one thing I ask from the Lord, this is what, uh, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. What he wants is to worship the Lord, the one thing. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 turns that one thing, talking about the eternity in heaven that he's looking, pressing towards. It says this in Philippians, But one thing I, I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In this life, there are many, many things we have to do, but we can't get distracted from what is better. Don't get upset. Don't be consumed with worry. Enjoy the presence of God listen to his word worship the lord and press on heavenward in christ jesus choose what is better sit at the lord's feet and listen to his word let's pray together as the worship team comes father we thank you lord that you have blessed our lives with so many good things to do and yet, what is better? What is that one thing that you desire from us? To sit at your feet, that we may hear your word, to learn to be more like Jesus, so that the world may know your grace and your love. Father, I pray for your blessing upon all the women, the mothers in our midst, the uh, the sisters who have uh, maybe not had their own children, but helping to raise the children in our church, we give you thanks for each and every one of them. Lord, may you put in their heart that one thing, that they would enjoy this day in your holy presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.